let's run this issue like a business, okay? Yeah. It's a problem that has to be solved, right? And have metrics around, you know, what success looks like. Because I'm going to tell you is that it, it hurts small business. It hurts attracting businesses from other places. Or if people want to move here, you know, if they see a large homeless population, it's just an immediate turnoff. And it hurts property values. It's a safety issue. And fundamentally, these folks need to be taken care of. It never seems to end. COVID, supply chain disruptions, worker shortages, inflation, and now arguably a recession. And bearing the disproportionate brunt of it all are small businesses. Today's guests will give our listeners the economic lay of the land and how small businesses, with support from a friend in the community, can weather the latest storm blowing their way. Welcome to another NFIB California podcast. Our podcast provide a deeper look into the state issues of the day affecting Main Street small business owners. I'm Tony Melandra, NFIB California Senior Media Manager. We're proud to have this podcast supported in part by Five Star Bank, serving customers through specialized banking solutions for entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders in Northern California. Each podcast invites special guests to speak on a topic of their expertise. Today's guest offers an aerial view of the economy and some of the things small businesses have done and are doing to cope. Here to introduce him is John Kabatek, the State Director for NFIB California. Welcome, John. Well, thank you, Tony. We are so honored, so excited to welcome back a really good friend to NFIB and small business, somebody who is small business and helps small business, the man and the company that helped to make these podcasts possible, James Beckwith, the President and CEO of Five Star Bank. Just a little bit of background, James joined Five Star Bank in 2003, and he is so involved in the Sacramento community. He's chaired all kinds of community-based groups like the Sacramento Metro Chamber of Commerce, Valley Vision, KVIE. He's been very involved in the local PBS affiliate. Before he came to Five Star, James had served as the chief financial officer and the chief operating officer at the National Bank of the Redwoods in Santa Rosa, California. He's a graduate of San Francisco State University with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and a concentration in accounting. He knows his stuff. He's also a graduate of Pacific Coast Banking School at University of Washington, where he was class president. And in 2020, James was recognized by the Sacramento Metro Chamber as the businessman of the year, and he was named also the most admired CEO or one of the most admired CEOs of 2020 by the Sacramento Business Journal. Uh, he was recognized most more recently with a Vistage Leadership Award in 2021 and, and is the 2022 UCP Humanitarian of the Year. Wow, when do you sleep, James Beckwith? But first of all, welcome. Great to have you. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, uh, John. And I want to thank you, John, and, and Jeff and Tony for having me back on the show. It's something that we really enjoy doing. We think it's very important to the small business community in Sacramento to have programs like this. So we really appreciate what you're doing in being a voice of small business and bringing out issues associated with small business. So thank you. Yeah, well, thank you. We just so enjoy it. It's such a wonderful marriage these past year plus, James, that we've been doing these podcasts and really you've enabled NFIB and all of us here, Jeff and his team and, and, and our great guests to really educate people, not about what's going on, but how they can be more effective and thrive and grow. And Five Star is all about that. So speaking of it, for those who aren't familiar and God 
we got to get them educated. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Five Star Bank. You know, what, what makes Five Star so unique, James, in your services and what you offer? Just Tell us a little bit about sure. That. Just a just a little background about us. We uh, we opened in 1999 as a subchapter S bank, and so we could really relate to all the subchapter S small businesses. Uh, so we understand some of the challenges associated with that organizational structure and the rhythms of it. Uh, we went public in uh, May of 2021 because we we're growing so quickly, and we needed more capital. We had a very successful offering, raised $109 million and put that money back to work in the community to help our small business customers and, and really drive growth at the bank. We're a commercial bank. We're not a retail bank. We're very focused on our commercial customers and small business. Mm-hmm. We believe that we can really make a difference in their lives and help them grow. It's really about them. It's not about us. We like to think of us as the wind beneath their wings. It's their hero story. We're just here to help. And so we really believe that can really drive growth for them. We have a secret sauce and we call it speed to serve and certainty of execution. Yeah. You know, small business people are running, you know, a thousand miles an hour and they want their bank to stay with them, to be part of that journey, to support them. And there's probably nothing worse than a no decision that just, lingers on and on and maybe a commitment to do something, but that something never happens. So that's not in our, our, our game plan at all in our playbook, if you will. It's speed to serve and certainty of execution. Get the deal done. Get the capital, usually in the form of a loan, into the business and really do our best to make that business thrive. That also means helping them connect, if you will, to the community and to opportunities for their growth in their business and also other service providers. So we look at that that opportunity with any customer or prospect very holistically. And, and it's again, it's really their journey. It's not about us. It's about them. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's fun. I was talking to a small business NFIB member up in Northern California not too long ago, and I said, with everything you've got to deal with, the, the layers of bureaucracy, the taxes, the regulations, it must be like swimming upstream. And he grabbed me by the shirt and he said, swimming upstream, son, in peanut butter. <laughs> I said, well, I can relate. So, so Five Star helps get to get everybody through that peanut butter and more and really grow and, and love what you're all about. Hey, there's... Let's talk, James. There's a lot of entrepreneurial energy going on right now in not just Sacramento City, but this whole capital community. It's, a, it's exciting to watch. Tell us a little bit about that, how Five Star has been involved. It's just I'm, I'm seeing and feeling this buzz like I've not seen in a long time. And you, you and I have talked a little bit about that. Sure. I think what originally drove it was how this community dealt with the pandemic. I think we pulled together as a community. We helped each other. We became a place within California in which businesses sought to move to. We've had a population increase since the pandemic, which has been significant in terms of the types of folks that are coming here, those businesses that are migrating from the coasts and, and whatnot. And so we've seen a real boom, if you will, with respect to that and and also folks that are professionals that were, let's say, that were working in the Bay or down in the Silicon Valley that wanted to change a lifestyle. And so they moved up here, brought their wealth, brought their know-how, brought their spending power up in the capital region. And I think that's made a big difference. 
So that's, I think that, and that continues, that trend continues, John. In the economic development business, success breeds success. Mm-hmm. And I think once you get the ball rolling, good things happen. I sit on the board of uh, the, Sac- the Greater Sacramento Economic Council, which is run by Barry Broom and chaired by Larry Alba. That organization's doing really great things in terms of moving the needle from a business attraction perspective, but also really supporting the businesses that are here. Yeah. So they've been fundamental to, I'm going to say, some of the great things that are going on within the capital region. Also, the I'm going to the ecosystem of the entrepreneurial ecosystem, if you will, has really grown tremendously over the last five years with the work that the Growth Factory is doing. Mark Haney and his team, oh yeah, is really quite significant. We've got a, a venture capital community here in the capital region, whereas ten years ago, people were scratching their head and wondering what that asset class was all about. <laughs> well, that's no longer the case. There's a lot of internally generated capital here, yeah. usually from the real estate industries, that have been investing in these venture funds. Didn't happen before, and now it's really it's happening. It's pretty recent, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, it? and and the, probably the best example of that is what Lokesh Sakara is doing and his team over at Mineta Funds, and they're on their third fund right now. Mm. I think they're going to raise well in excess of $100 million, maybe 200 to $300 million in their next fund. Very successful venture fund. So it's those types of things that really speak to the notion that I mentioned is that success breeds success. And that's what we're seeing within the capital region. And it's awfully exciting. Somebody that's been operating here for a while to see that type of growth and enthusiasm, and it is palpable, is really exciting. We had another, you know, Kwame Anku, who's just great with just, it's just a great helping a lot of those who have come from difficult pasts, but also diversity in the investment world. Boy, he's doing some really cool things. And I know he's been a great partner of, of Five Star, and we've been working with him and having him on a few times. He's been great. Yeah, Kwame is, is a special individual. We talked a little bit about him and, and his vision in terms of where he wants to take his venture business is really exciting. Yeah. How he's connected with folks that, you know, have businesses that serve the entire nation, if you will, that are very niche-oriented in terms of the African-American community. It's really, it's really quite significant what he does and how well-connected he is. And we're excited about his prospects, and we want to support him. Yeah, a good guy, good people. Tell, tell me a little bit. I think a lot of people are wondering, is, the, is a recession around the corner? Is that really going to happen? What are some of the financial trends you're seeing right now, James? You're talking to a lot of people. You're an industry leader. What, what are you seeing both on the current landscape and as you're peering out there onto the horizon? Sure. And let's, let's, let me answer that in the context of small business and, and yeah. to give you a give you a perspective, at least my perspective on it. We always like to put ourselves in the small business owner's shoes and, you know, try to have their worldview. And first of all, I think that there's, generally speaking, less liquidity mm-hmm. that people have on their balance sheets right now. I think, you know, we all got a great shot in the arm with the triple P loans. That was great for small business, really helped a lot of them stand up and a lot of them flourish. Those monies and, and have kind of run their course, if you will. Yeah. So, so there's probably less liquidity in the small business environment right now. They're also facing some, some headwinds in terms of increased capital costs, interest rates, if you will, in terms of what it would cost them to borrow. A lot of them have 
prime-based loans, business loans. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's the cost of capital and the cost of debt is increasing. So that's a, that's a headwind. But I think, again, our, our small business within our community are very resilient. When the pandemic happened, a lot of our clients, and I think a lot of small businesses throughout the capital region, kind of pivoted to a digital environment, not only how they work internally, but also how they relate to their customers, where they had this developed this great digital capacity in, in order to bring business and services to their clientele. And I think that those businesses that did that are successful. Those mm -hmm. businesses that couldn't do that are not doing well or maybe not be, are around right now. Sure. Well, I, you're finding, I think, Five Star not only, you know, helped administer a number of the PPP loans out to a lot of people, who, a lot of companies who need it, a lot of small to medium businesses, James, really, but across the board. But what other types of programs had been helping these small businesses just kind of crawl out of that COVID hole? What other things are out there? Sure. sure. There was the EDIL loans, which are great credits that really helped. Very long-term financing, very low rate. Yeah. They've kind of run their course. The employee retention credits, tax credits, I think helped a lot of folks. So, again, those, those programs have kind of run their course. So those are a couple examples outside of the triple P loans, PPP loans that have helped small business. I think that there's some exciting things going on still that is available with some of the new tax mm -hmm. acts, you know, the some pretty big incentives on energy efficiency that the federal government's putting forward. You can argue both sides of that ledger in terms of whether that was the best thing to happen. But nevertheless, it exists and, and people ought to get after it and, and yeah. really – save some money if they want to convert to maybe, you know, solar panels or whatnot. So those are some opportunities that I think that exist out there. There's been some small grants, too, that have trickled down through the federal government, the state government, through the cities and the counties. And you can see a lot of monies were spent at the city of Sacramento level, the county of Sacramento level, and a lot of municipalities gave away, you know, grants or forgivable loans. So that's been helpful in terms of businesses moving forward. Very small businesses, micro businesses, help stand them up and also help them move forward. As you're talking and actually interacting with so many small businesses, what are some of those trends you're finding right now? Are, where, where are they clutching their wallet a little more closely? <laughs> where are they willing to spend? Where are they struggling to spend? I mean, is you're seeing, are you seeing any transactional trends or anything? Well, I think a couple things, especially on the real estate front, you know, buying your own building now has become a little bit more challenging given the interest rate environment. Sure. Number one. Uh, but also that counters this. I'm going to do my, you know, my best impression of an economist. On one hand, <laughs> you have higher interest rates, but on the other hand, you have higher cap rates, which right. will drive down the price of real estates. And they don't necessarily work in tandem. Sure. You know, sometimes the cap rates move, you know, six to 12 months later than the interest rates move when moving up. So, you know, those are those are some of the maybe the challenges that are out there. I think cash is king right now. People yeah. are going to conserve their cash and make sure that they can get through this. There's so much talk about a recession, right? And you can talk about, well, how did this come about? Was it overspending at the federal level or was it a supply chain problem that just has been sticking around for a long time? Is it going to end soon? 
i.e. inflation? Yeah. Is it going to end soon? And nobody nobody really knows, but the Federal Reserve is certainly acting like it's not going to end soon, i.e. Mm. inflation. And so they're going to do and have done whatever they can to make sure that inflation is contained. And it's probably going to put us in a recession. Now, 3.6, 3 3.7% unemployment rate, you know, you would think, well, what are you talking about? That's not recessionary. And that's one of the, that's one of the strange things that's going on here right now. You got all this sure. move by the Fed, but there's been no movement in unemployment, you know. Okay. So the future will kind of bear that out in terms of where what that means, especially to small business. Now, I will tell you, one of the biggest challenges small businesses have, in addition to what I just said, is getting, being staffed up. Hearing very all the time. Absolutely. Very difficult time finding, you know, qualified candidates. It's definitely an employee-driven market. And so... That's what we're seeing, especially in some of the jobs that maybe might be a little bit more labor-intensive and lower wage. Those are difficult positions to fill today, and you've got all types of things. You know, you think you hire somebody and they ghost you, yeah. or people just don't show up to work, and you never hear from them again. Yeah. You know, they actually do start working for you, and but then they ghost you and never show up. This occurs all the time, and so... Those are some big challenges that small business has. And the human capital element of running a business has never been more important than it is today. Yeah, there's nothing like that interaction. and But that challenge of getting people to come back through the doors is still, we're hearing it all the time. Hi, I'm James Beckwith, President and CEO of Five Star Bank. We are excited to help bring you this series of podcasts focused on small business concerns in conjunction with the NFIB. When Five Star Bank was founded in 1999, it was business and community leaders, local entrepreneurs, who wanted to create the sort of personalized banking services they desired themselves. Services inspired by partnership and defined by shared vision and goals, a true understanding of the needs of small business owners. I know a meaningful relationship with a banker can be hard to find. At Five Star Bank, we are responsive, understand your business, and are committed to your success. We want to be a part of your growth and a valued partner supporting your vision and your dreams. You'll find direct access to a banker, complete online and mobile business banking you need to succeed. As an SBA preferred lender, let us help you with your startup business or existing business. If you're looking to make a change, please give us the opportunity to demonstrate what our personalized banking services could mean for you. I promise you individual attention from our colleagues who understand your business and are as committed to your success as you are. You can find us online at fivestarbank.com. Let's, let's pivot a little bit to another issue, an issue that, is, again, is not endemic to Sacramento, but clearly is, we, everybody's feeling it, but Sacramento has been clearly up there in terms of facing this challenge, and that is the homeless issue. But I bring it up, James, because I know Five Star is working hard to bring about some change there with the community collectively. Tell us a little bit about just your thoughts, what's going on there. I'm, I'm told Sacramento has had per capita more homeless people than even San Francisco or the Bay Area. But regardless of that, 
tell us a little bit about your thoughts here and, and what's what's going on and what are y'all doing to help fix that? Sure. Again, let's talk about it in the context of a small business. Yeah. And if customers can't get to your front door or they don't feel safe or they just don't want to deal with the perceptions of, of folks, of homeless folks, the unhoused folks being really close to a business and they say, you know, I'm just not going to go today. And so that hurts a small business operator, especially the, the retailers. And so that's a big concern. If, if this issue is getting in the way of small businesses serving their customers and growing, it's a big problem. We can see it. We deal with it every day. You know, you can't go to a party, a gathering, without having this topic come up maybe in the first minute in yeah. terms of what you're seeing, it's a problem. And it's a problem that has taken a long time to get to this point, okay? It just didn't happen overnight. It grew right. and grew and grew and grew. And maybe it was pushed along by the pandemic, you know, accelerated by the pandemic. So here we are. What do we do about it? Well, we've taken a very laser-like approach in terms of dealing with the issue, and it's really about protecting the American River Parkway. We wanted to see people get off the park because they were degrading it. They're destroying it with fires, garbage, drugs, violence, death, yeah. murder. Yeah. And so we, we came out pretty strong and had a campaign last summer that was really about public awareness. And I think some really positive things happened. Hats off to Rich Desmond, our supervisor, that is really taking the lead along with our supervisor Kennedy and all the supervisors in terms of passing ordinances. I also want to thank Kevin McCarty for his efforts in terms of securing funds for the parkway. One program is site acquisition. You just can't say, hey, okay, folks, you got to mosey on. You have to have a place for them. To you got to have a plan. You have yeah. to have a plan. You have to provide the services. You know, you can't just be transplanting folks from one place to the other with no no plan in place. And I think that's what's coming about right now. A lot of money's being spent on this. So I want to thank thank him and, and thank our electeds for actually listening to us. The measure O in the city that passed. We're excited about what that's gonna bring about. There's a coming together between the city of Sacramento and the county of Sacramento as true partners. The city more being more oriented to sites and the county being more oriented to services. Yeah. You know, that's their mandate by the state. The state says the counties have to do this. So I think that there's there's hope. There's been plans developed, and, and I've read through the county's plan and spent some time with the county exec last week. And it's really, it's a complicated issue that has a lot of players involved in it. Mm -hmm. You've got all the political subdivisions, jurisdictions, that are trying to solve it. You got cities and counties that are trying to solve it. And it's all about collaboration and working together and how's that all gonna come about. And then, but what's most important to me, there isn't a lack of money for this. There has to be a coordinated effort and coordinated well understand goals and metrics. This problem, as I mentioned, didn't happen overnight. Yeah. And it's not gonna get solved overnight. This is a five to 10 year recovery and it's got to be bipartisan it has to be well i think i think this is one issue that everybody can everybody can agree on i think you yeah. know on the fringes there's different solutions but in the middle 
there's like, okay, we the, we have to understand that this yeah. is this can only be solved by the state. Now, yeah. the state being government, whether it's the yeah, city, sure. the counties, or the state, or the federal government, it's got to be solved by government because it's it's just too big. And so, I'm hopeful about that. What I'd like to see in a plan is very defined metrics. Let's have a goal like next year it's nine thousand. Yeah. The year after that it's eight thousand. Yeah. The year after that it's seven thousand. I I don't see that. I don't see that being something that people are saying. Yeah, let's have that. You're not seeing pol- the policymakers on either side really. I think focusing that's gonna. Yet. I think that's gonna change. Yeah. That's my gut sense. Hope I think so. enough business people are kind of are carrying that message. And let's run this issue like a business. Okay. Yeah. It's a problem that has to be solved, right? And have metrics around, you know, what success looks like. Because I'm going to tell you is that it it hurts small business. It hurts attracting businesses from other places. Or if people want to move here, you know, if they see a large homeless population, it's just an immediate turnoff. Yeah. And it hurts property values. And it's a safety issue. And you know, fundamentally, these folks need to be taken care of. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I they need every, help. They need help. Yeah, they need and help. They need help, and it's the Christian thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. But sure. they've got to help themselves, too. We just passed the 2022 general election. We have new class, you know, of legislators that's going to be arriving at the Capitol or once the Capitol's done, or it's starting in January, even December. We have new leaders at the, every level, you know. Tell us, though, in your mind, as and, and again, through the lens of small business or the business owners, if you could advise Republican and Democrat leaders, whether they're new, old, coming back into this position, especially this new class, what would be some... What would be some things that you'd like to see accomplished for small business by our incoming class of, of leaders? Well, I guess a couple things thinking that through is be very careful on any regulation that you try to stand up. Really understand all of its ramifications and the daisy chain effect of yeah. it. What is it? There's always an unintended consequence of, of legislation that we really need to our, – our newer folks – really need to wrap their heads around because a lot of, you know, because of term limits, a lot of folks come in and they just don't have the background. They don't have that institutional knowledge that being deeply rooted in, you know, all their constituency. Yeah. And I think they just have to be, you have to be careful about the type of legislation you put forward and what its impact is going to be on, on small business. And I think that there's been a very great effort, whether it's PPP loans or whether it's these gifts and grants or just the sensitivity to small business within the capital region. I, from an elected perspective, right. okay, I think that, you know, small business is embraced. Small business can, everybody can get behind small business. Yeah. And that sentiment needs to carry on. We've got a lot of new people that are going to be on city council, you know. Yeah. I, let's see how that goes. You know, thank God there's a few folks sticking around which is good. We've got at the supervisor level, I'm not sure how the election ended up down in South County. That's an important race. It's just that sensitivity to small business is what we really, what we really would love to have continue on. No ready fire aim approach. It's got to be, you know, you really got to think through this stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What advice and direction would you offer our NFIB members, but also small business owners right now. What advice at this point in time, James Beckwith, 
would you give small business owners in addition to join Five Star Bank because it will help? Of course. <laughs> give me a call. I'll send the signature cards over. <laughs> I think it's and it, and it really depends on where this you know the so-called coming recession ends up. And, yeah. And let me just give you some perspective on that. I'm a firm believer of investing in the trough of a recession, investing in your business, investing in human capital or technology right. or, for, or from a mar marketing perspective. I think that those businesses that do that come out of the recession like a rocket ship. I know that we've done it and we've seen others do it in which you can really change the face of your business and, and the prominence of your business and the uh, and the growth of your business mm -hmm. in such a positive way. So I would suggest that there are opportunities in recessions and it's it's up to the nimble and the brave to be able to take advantage of that. I remember Alzada Knickerbocker, that's her name. She was the owner of the Avid Reader Bookstore. You may remember it here in Sacramento. It was across from the Capitol, but she also, her original was out in Davis. And Alzada passed away, God rest her soul, a couple of years ago. But she, I remember her saying, she was on our NFIB board, and she would say, you know, we're not entrepreneurs just because we think it's cool to be nimble. We're an entrepreneurs because we need, we got families to pay payroll. We got families, communities to continue to support because we got to survive. But it's a great advice that, you know, be, be, don't be afraid to be thinking out of the box, be nimble. And you've seen a lot of that in this last two or three years for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate this. So great to get some time with you, James. I wanted to ask if there was anything else you'd like to, to mention. Is there any activities or programs going on? What's Five Star up to these days? Anything going on as you're looking ahead at 2023? Well, it's, it's just to continue to support our customers and the community. We're looking forward to Run to Feed the Hungry. That's always a big deal. I think we've got over 100 people that are running in the race. Wow. And it, that is such an important community event, and it's so helpful to the Sacramento Food Bank and all the good work they're doing there. And it's just, it's great. I mean, you, you know, you get to feel good about yourself in the morning, and then you eat. And then you can go eat <laughs> justify it. But it's and a great it's, cause. It's and, such a good cause. And it's a fun, it's a community scene. You'll see so many people there and you'll be running along. You'll bump into people. Hey, what's going on? You know, and the kids and all the kids come back from college, right? They all come back at this time. Oh, yeah. And they all, it's, it's, it's a wonderful season for Sacramento. And it starts off at Sac State, which is absolutely beautiful this time of year. So that's exciting. We're all excited about the Sac State football team, too. I mean, I don't, I didn't want to go through this show without talking about the, the, the Hornets. I mean, number two in the nation. Wow. It's amazing. That's amazing. Sac State number one, Stingers up. Stingers up. We have hope for our Kings, our Sacramento Kings. Kings, we were are, just saying Kings are doing well. So, you know, and these things have importance yeah. to our outlook. You may think, well, it's just a sports team. I mean, come on. No. It actually has importance about how we feel about our communities and the hope that we have for them. So it's great to see that happen. And we saw the flip side of that coin during the shutdown when people really did have to hunker in place, which we still saw families and communities do what they could. But, boy, when you, when you see a dearth, when you don't see that, it's harrowing. And when you see these communities, like we're seeing our community come back and really gather right. together. You're right. The, 
don't underestimate the value of a sports team, including the Kings. Oh, those Kings. They're yeah. coming. Yeah. <laughs> well, James Beckwith, been great to have you with us once again as an encore performance here. And we want to thank you and again, Five Star Bank, for all of your great support of our NFIB Small Business Podcast Series. It's been great past year plus, right, Jeff? Our produ- producer is saying, look, yeah, so we enjoy this. We are getting a lot of people engaged. We're getting a lot of people educated about how doing how to do good things out there and grow. And you are a great example of that. So we we thank you in five star. Any any final words? Well, I just I just want to thank you, John, for having us, providing the opportunity for us to engage with you guys. This is cool stuff about what you're what you're doing. It's it's necessary. It's helpful. It's just great to be involved with it. So thank you, James Beckwith, Five Star Bank. Thank you again for being with us and for such a just a fun and cool discussion. Thank you, John. Thank you, James Beckwith, for your thoughts and insights for this podcast. Again, we'd like to thank Five Star Bank for its generous support of this and future podcasts. You can learn more about Five Star at fivestarbank.com. You can find all NFIB California podcasts at nfib.com slash ca slash podcasts. That's nfib.com slash ca slash podcasts. You can also find our podcasts on your favorite podcast app by searching NFIB California. I would also like to thank Multipoint Content Strategies for its production of this podcast. You can learn more about them at multipointstrategies.com. Why Podcasts for Small Business? It has been NFIB's educational mission for nearly 80 years to remind policymakers that small businesses are not smaller versions of big businesses, and that a one-size-fits-all rule, regulation, or tax can do Main Street Enterprises more harm than good. We hope these podcasts aid in better understanding. Finally, thank you to our listeners. If you like what you heard, please share this episode, subscribe, and give us a positive rating. We would appreciate it.